It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Giving you the real from A to Z. Surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go! Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live. We stream live on YouTube and it's Tape Tuesday. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! What's happening, good people? Coming up today, it's Tape Tuesday. And a lot of the things that we noticed on the broadcast view definitely came to life when we jumped into the lab. So we're going to take a look at my drive of the game a little later on, plus Sky Optics. There's a couple cool little things in Sky Optics that we all should be excited about. And we'll jump into that. And then in the roundup, we got trade rumors and we got injury updates. I don't know so much about those trade rumors, but it's something to talk about. Although I just happened to look over on Twitter and uh looks like coach Jerry Jones, I mean, general manager, I mean, owner, general manager, president, Jerry Jones said, uh, I'm not seeing anything at the moment. He said it would take some time to get a deal done. That's unlikely at this point. So Kind of, you know, we're supposed to talk about a potential trade rumor in the roundup, but then he goes on there. Yeah, always talks, but I don't know. Don't foresee too many things happening today. The trade deadline is at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central. The Cowboys name always pop, Cowboys name always pops up around this time, so you really got to take some things with a grain of salt. But we'll discuss one of the uh, players that they are talking about. When I say they, I mean the reporters, the insiders, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we'll see if Jerry Jones is fitting or not fitting. But what's happening, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! How y'all doing today? How y'all doing today? You know who's not doing well today? Devontae Adams. Oh, Devontae Adams. He, this this was him after. (laughs) Devontae, he said, Devontae Adams, how do you feel? How do you feel with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback? Missing you for about 255 yards yesterday. How do you feel? He said, I just don't want to say anything that the media is going to blow up. I just, I don't, I don't have the words. Man, we got to get free Devontae Adams. I'm not even talking about Devontae Adams to the Cowboys. Y'all got to understand, I'm a, I'm a football fan. I'm a football fan. I love my Cowboys, but I love the game of football. And seeing a guy like Devontae Adams just ride away in Las Vegas with that quarterback, and that team is just frustrating, man. So free Devontae might not happen this year. Maybe next year he'll get a chance to be somewhere. But, man, 
I mean, talk about and it wasn't like it wasn't like the game was an, a great, amazing game from either side of the ball there, but you hit Devontae Adams on two of those plays, maybe things change. But anyway, man. Free him. Forget free Sam. Free Devontae Adams, Cowboys Nation. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's hit this roundup. We got a good day in uh in the film room for my drive of the game. And then Sky, like I said, Sky Optics. Today's a good day for film. Good good day for film. And tomorrow we'll carry that over on the other side of the ball as well. So uh, let's go ahead and do it. It's time for it's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Let me talk to you. Well, Jerry. Way to ruin my roundup. So yesterday, Ben Albright, NFL insider, had dropped a little bit of a nugget. Uh, Somebody had asked him about Jalen Johnson and cornerback from the Bears. And he said, yeah, the, the, the Bills have interest and the Cowboys have interest. Interesting. Who is Jalen Johnson? Some people, you know, don't follow the entire NFL, know who this kid is. He's a four-year pro on the last year of his rookie deal, his rookie contract. And he's the Bears' best cornerback, and he's having a career year. Uh, he's their boundary guy, not a slot guy. Career best so far in completion percentage, career best in passer rating, career best in interceptions. And um, he, he actually played decent against us last year, but he's their best guy. He's their young guy, and they couldn't come together, come to terms on an extension in offseason. Obviously, they're not doing so in season. And Jeremy Fowler reported that he is he has requested a trade, and the Bears have acquiesced to that, and they want to move on from him or allowing him to move on. Cowboys, quote-unquote, had interest. And they very well may have interest, right? But the interest can be, hey, Dallas, we want a second or we want a third or we want. And Dallas might be like, hey, we'll give you a 2025 fifth. And they'll hang up, right? So it's a good corner. He's young. He is on the last year of his deal. So whoever trades for him is either A, getting a rental or B, you're going to have to sign him to an extension after the season or tag him. And that tag money's a lot. So I don't know if it's as easy as one, two, three to trade for him depending on the team depending on your picks depending on your situation at cornerback uh if dallas were to acquire him he would likely push bland back into the inside which bland has shown this year that it doesn't matter where you put him put him in a slot put him on the boundary dude is gonna ball out uh so let's just hypothetically speak right jalen johnson cowboys trade for jalen johnson breaking news he comes in right now he probably will be your boundary guy and that pushes Bland back inside. So now you got uh, Johnson, Gilly, Bland, and then Jordan Lewis goes back to being your depth guy, who, since the injury happened, I think is filled in fun. But you go back, if you were to bring in a Jalen Johnson, you go back to having that depth that you had coming into the season, which obviously is playing out right now. I do think there is something, though, too. If, if I hate to think about what happened last year when the Cowboys lost two of their top four guys. And... They were dealing with dudes off the street. I, I don't want to think that, but because Diggs went down early in the year, there's so much more to so much, so many more games left, so much time to play. What happens if somebody else goes down? Now we're Eric Scott, Noah Igbenogany is is just it's scary. So I'm not opposed to bringing in some cornerback depth. Uh, I don't know if it'll be Jalen Johnson, though. But 
He's the name that has popped up, Cowboys Nation, and got till 3 p.m. Central. We'll see what happens. More on the injury front. More details came out for Tyron Smith uh, yesterday. He wanted to go. He wanted to play. I mean, I guess Tyron, but it, it really came down to a true game time decision, according to those down there in Dallas. Uh, he wanted to play, but he was overruled by the Cowboys staff. And McCarthy said, you know, he's not going to practice on Wednesday. I'd much rather him practice Wednesday than Thursday. I don't know what's going on with these Thursday practices, but I'd much rather him do that. Uh, we've been using Wednesdays as the vet days. I forget what Mike McCarthy calls it. Um, so I don't expect him to, to practice. And there's going to be a couple other guys who don't practice. You'll see the NIR, right? Uh, not injury related, just, just veteran rest day. My problem is it, it really doesn't matter with Tyron. I mean, he can wake up and his back hurts, his neck hurts, his <laughs> what Jesse said the other day. You know what I'm saying? He could just wake up and be hurt. So do you put him on a and we joked about this like last year or two years ago, me and Vach were talking about this. Do you put him on one of these situations where big games you throw him in there? Like this is this is a big game. Regardless of anybody, this is a big game. You're playing the Philadelphia Eagles on the road. Um, this this potentially can have ramifications for seeding. Uh, I mean, this is a big game. It is what it is, right? Divisional rival. You, you win this game, you're close. You're closer, only a half game out of first place in the division, and you're trying to play for home field. It's a big game. You bring Tyron in. You bring Tyron in for these games, and then, and I hate to be like this, but oh, you're gonna play the Panthers. Not a big game. They're all important. But damn it. I just can't trust Tyron to play them all. And being on the road, we know this offense is not going to be able to do all of those checks at the line of scrimmage. They're not going to be able to do, you know, all, all the fancy things that they, pro- well, we'll see. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. We'll see what happens on the road here in Philly. But if you have a guy like Tyron Smith, you know, he's obviously has been around. Maybe those pre-snap penalties decrease. Uh, maybe the, the early bad starts decrease in regards to the pass protection. So we'll see. We'll follow that around. Chumi Doga. Good news on Chuma. This comes from Stephen Jones. He says, quote, actually, the initial news from getting be- we're getting back on Chuma is not as bad as we first feared. The good news is it wasn't torqued in the direction that would have given him a high ankle sprain. I think he's got an opportunity to be in the plans as early as this week. So if Tyron can't go, it looks like Chuma possibly could be able to go and I hope so right like I I truly do because the last thing I think you want for a guy like Awesome Richards first start to be on the road against that Philly front you know Chuma Chuma ain't the greatest or whatever and, and it was an absolutely awful start to the game but the offensive line in general settled down you know after the first few drives they, they kind of got they got they got right and Chuma included, and he's been a fine backup for you. He's been able to to come in and be serviceable and, and keep your your offense afloat, and he deserves credit for that. So if Tyron can't go, I would rather have Chuma out there. Now, I would like to put Tyler out there at left tackle, but in general, I'd rather have Chuma out there than Awesome Richards at this moment uh, going up against that starting unit. I mean, that front, front unit for his first game. Nah, we don't want to have that. 
I mean, Awesome came in and it, look, look, it was his first first snaps out there in the game. And right away, he got beat by, I think it was a Byron Young or whomever it was on that pass play. Uh, might not even been Byron Young, but it was a thank God that Dak got the ball off because it could have been a sack fumble. It could have been bad, but not quite ready for Awesome yet. Let's kind of get him to build this himself up in practices, maybe another season. But um, I sure as hope, sure as hell hope, Tyron and Chuma are available this weekend. That is this morning's roundup. Got trade rumors. We got injury updates. And we'll see what happens. I did just get a... Bear with me real quick, y'all. Hold on. Oh, that's something else. All right. <laughs> that's something completely different. But there we have it, man. Cowboys apparently interested in Jalen. And then we'll see what's up with Chuma and Tyron moving forward for this week's big game against the Eagles, which we'll start breaking down starting tomorrow. Um, today, obviously, is we're going to jump into the lab here little bit later but tomorrow we'll break down this eagles game big big game i mean a lot a lot to to discuss football wise you know removing the whole you know, rival aspect of it football wise man this is a dream matchup for football fans to watch so it'll be fun to break this one down and you get a little bit of a cheat code for me at least uh because i've been taking a look at some eagles film throughout the season based off of some of these opponents that we've played and most recently the rams so i, I pretty much already watched that game so i got a lot on my mind already and then we watch them every week let's just be real we watch them every week too so we'll break that down tomorrow today is about what the cowboys were able to do yesterday sunday offensively and as you can see here down at the title offense evolves coming out of the bye that's let me let's give mike some credit here right and i did this before in the arizona game where i tried to find the silver lining of what he did and one of the things was the silver lining from that game was that he had the, he had the ability to adapt and it actually kind of worked in the sense of they moved the ball between the twenties. We just couldn't punch it in, in the red zone. And the reason why I want to give him credit, and it's really not just a bye week, but it's from the San Francisco game. I think he understood, whoa, I'm pressing this offense way too much here, way too much. And you start to see in the Chargers game, we, and we broke this down last week when we did our tape Tuesday, it opened up. The passing game started to open up. You started to see some combinations, intermediate and deep, that had a PCP to it. You started to see not as much mirrored routes. You started to see combinations that flowed, right? You, you had different things happen on both sides of the field, but it flowed. And I think he took it up a further notch, another notch in this game against the uh, Rams. He did some of those similar things. He had different route combinations on both sides that flow with the offense. You also had the ability of Dak using his legs, stepping up, and, and scramble drill. Like you, you can tell these guys are in sync when it comes to that. And um, it, it was it was encouraging to see from a pass game standpoint. You, you're going to notice I keep saying that. But from a pass game standpoint, it was 100% encouraging to see. And we talked about this yesterday. They stole, y'all. The Cowboys finally looked around the league and stole. So we'll get into all that in my sky optics. First things first, the Cowboys got the motion memo. Yes, indeed. And when I say the Cowboys, I mean Mike McCarthy. Dallas came into that game 
the worst pre-snap at snap motion team in the National Football League. I mean, it started off decent at the beginning of the year, and then it just completely went away. And one of the reasons Coach said that, he talked about how he's worried about pre-snap penalties and whatnot. Well, would you rather have a five-yard penalty or would you rather have a 25-yard gain? Would you rather have a five-yard penalty or would you rather have a big touchdown, right? So you, you got to weigh the, the pros and cons of it. And you can tell he clearly didn't give a damn about no pre-snap penalties in this game. If we go back... And look at, shouts out to John Oney. He uh, dropped these statistics on the Cowboys using motion at the snap. He said, coming into Sunday, the Cowboys only use motion at the snap on 33 total plays. It's five and a half per game. 33, 33 total plays. I feel like the, like the, the Niners and, and, and the Dolphins and the Rams and the, and the, the Lions, they use pre-snap motion or at-snap motion 33 times a game. We did it 33 times in a year. Against the Rams, Dallas utilized motion at the snap 18 times. That that is a that, that to me, you go into the lab at the bye week and you say, okay. Clearly, when we utilize this, it helps us. So we need to utilize it more. So you got to give Mike some credit for that. Let's see if he can build on top of it next week. John says, additionally. Dallas posted a positive EPA on 66.7% of their plays using motion at the snap. In total, they finished with a 50.8% positive EPA rate on the day. Safe to say the Cowboys should continue leaning on it moving forward. Yes, absolutely. And one of the, one of the motion plays that they, they use is what I call pop motion. Some, some call it something else, but it's, it's when that, offensive player whether it be a tight end running back wide receiver they pop out at the last second uh going vertically it's not across the line of scrimmage they're already out wide they just kind of use it to get to open up a window and actually uh schottenheimer talked a little bit about that pop motion and and stealing it i mean that's one of the benefits of the buy is really just kind of see what's going on around the league you look at yourself first always right hey what do we need to get better at hey let's look at the red zone a couple things here okay hey let's look at that and then of course you take a look around the league what's kind of working and the cool thing about that motion is what it does is it creates windows right i mean it's nothing crazy i mean it's truly a short motion in or out and but it does open up windows in zone and it kind of when you build it in terms of using bunches or clustered three receivers kind of grouped together, it kind of screws up the, the match principles. When you're playing man-to-man, you've got certain ways that you want to play those clustered formations so you don't run into each other. And so when you build it that way and that quickly, it just it, it's, it's hard on the defense. Unmute yourself, Scott. Yeah, man, I, I love it. I love it because, and not just because it's, it's emotion, but because we stole Right. Because you looked around the league and said, man, this is working. This is this is creating windows. And, and what you hope is and he says something. I don't think I have the uh, the audio for it. But he talked about how they had a play. And I'm kind of going left a little bit, but they had a play with CeeDee Lamb that they practiced a few times. They haven't really run it. This formation they haven't did it in the in the red zone. And it worked. They only practiced it a few times uh, this week and it worked. And he said that gives you confidence. It gives coach confidence to do it more. I'm hoping something like this gives them confidence to do more motion and to do more stealing. Yeah, both, coach. So I'm down for all of that. And 
what I think helped elevate the emphasis on motioning is the fact that you get Tolbert more involved. We talked about this on the show, you know, weeks ago, and then I brought it up on the round table. I said, look, we, we all want to see Gallup. I'm sorry, Tober get more snaps, right? Want to see Tober eat into the snaps of Michael Gallup. And it wasn't just for the fact that we want to see what Tober can do with the rock in his hand. But something I had noticed is that when Tober was in the game, they tend to do more things from a versatile standpoint with Tober. He can do a lot of that motion. He can do a lot of that pop stuff or at snap stuff. or and, and he's just, you can just do that. Gallup doesn't give you that, right? So when I went and looked at the snap count from this game, it was a season high in snaps for Jalen Tobert when the top three wide receivers were available. So I'm eliminating week two because Brandon Cooks wasn't there. But not only was it a season high for Tobert, it was a season low for Gallup. Not just a season low, but apparently that was the lowest snaps that he got in a game since 2019. So prior to the injuries that he suffered. I think doing it this way, I don't know that they're going to swap snaps. Like I don't think you're ever going to shouldn't say ever injuries happen. Things happen. I don't know that you're going to see Tobert out snap Gallup consistently just yet. I We know how it is with the higher ups. I don't know. I'd love to see it, but I don't think that's going to happen. However, I do think a Tobert Gallup snap split is beneficial to everyone, to Tober, to Gallup, to this offense. It's beneficial because, like we just talked about, Tobert can do more things for you from a versatile standpoint with your offense, right? He can do those clear out routes more deliberately. He can be the move guy. He loves to do the dirty work. He'll bust his ass to do the dirty work. And eventually, Eventually, Cowboys Nation, he's going to be rewarded for it. I bet you once Dak got on that plane and he saw that film and he watches it and he's going to say, oh, you like you getting busy like that downfield, Tobert? Okay, I'll look your way. The 20 snaps in passing situations was a season high for Tobert when, again, all three players were out there. And when you go watch it, you see Tobert getting separation downfield. When I mean downfield, I mean on these nine routes, um, if you want to call it a clear out, whatever. But he's getting some separation, and there was opportunities. Now, he's obviously not going to be the first look. C.D. Lamb is. And the two times that there was an opportunity for a big play for Tober, one was a big play to C.D. Lamb. The other, he was looking for him. Dak was really looking for Tober on that kind of corner route to the end zone. But pressure flashed across his face. He rolled out a bit checked it down and got the, the pass interference penalty. Um, but when you go back and you watch the tape, you hope that seeing that encourages and gives that confidence that, okay, if teams want to show attention to CD Lamb, which we'll take a look at in, in the in the film room, I know I can get Tobert on the other side deep or whatnot. And what it also does is it will raise the efficiency of Gallup's usage. So instead of Gallup, because again, I'm not trying to throw Gallup out the bath. What is the baby out the bath water, right? Like he's on this team. You're not trading him. Nobody's taking him. He's going to be here. So find better ways to utilize the guys you have on the roster. So instead of Gallup getting 10 targets and eight targets and 12 targets, something like that, Gallup gets three. Gallup gets four. 
And he gets three receptions on four targets. He gets two receptions on three targets. Right? The efficiency will rise for Michael Gallup now. As opposed to seven targets, two receptions. Ten targets, three receptions. The occasional, you'll get a, a, the occasional good game, right? The, the two good games he had where we thought he was back. Even if you hate Michael Gallup or you you, you talk poorly about Michael Gallup all offseason, when he had those back-to-back good games, you was in here just like the rest of us thinking, oh, well, Michael Gallup's back. But? You've been had. You've been took. You've been had a little bit. Is he back from a physical standpoint? Probably, but he he ain't that guy. He ain't back to 2019 Gallup. So don't utilize him that way. Take three of those targets, you give them to to, to Cooks. Take two of those targets, you give them to, to Turpin. Take three of those targets, you give them to Ferguson. And now Gallup has three to four targets. And now he's catching two or three balls, and the efficiency raises. So this is a good thing for not just Tobert, but Gallup, their snap split to me, if this is how it's going to be, Tober gets about 29, Gallup gets about 30, or if it's 33 and it flips from game to game, perfect, perfect. And then finally, Dak's footwork mechanics were crisp in this game. Uh, one, one pet peeve I have, and I kind of developed this right after John Kitna came to the Cowboys, really didn't pay attention to it again it's four years ago though one of my pet peeves is and this happens across the league it's not just here with Dak. when quarterbacks that plant foot it sometimes gets the swinging and it kind of has this kind of open door type of situation on the release it's not always a bad thing like sometimes some guys are just wide open sometimes it doesn't matter right sometimes it, you hit a dime with it but a lot of the times that can throw off your accuracy when you're trying to get the rock where it needs to be from a pinpoint standpoint. And it was something that Dak did coming in as a a young quarterback, developmental quarterback his first few years. You saw his footwork. That back foot was always swinging. And then in 2019, John Kitna got here and immediately, I mean, right off the rip, you saw that thing just planted. You saw him digging into the ground and you got the the foot twist and and the accuracy went way up and ever since then he's been much better from a passer standpoint once i don't know if it was kitna i don't know if it was uh tom house whomever but in 2019 i'm, I'm crediting kitna is when you saw his mechanics kind of shift so when you go look at this game and you see some of these big time throws he had about four of them i think in this game and some really good just really good ball placement you look at his footwork and you look at uh, you know specifically his plant foot and it's and he's digging right he's pushing through he's not swinging that thing and for me just just little stuff like this probably not a fun conversation i love it and i love it not just for him but for when i see quarterbacks do it it just looks good it just flows but shoddy also talked about his footwork too and his presser and not just from a, a mechanic standpoint but again he mentioned this weeks ago when when dak and this offense is flowing through his feet and not just one, two, three slant, but, you know, get back on his back foot, plants it. And if he's not hitching a whole bunch and if he's not unsure of himself, usually good things are going to happen. So here's Shadi on uh, the footwork from Dak. If you go back and you look at the little things, you look at his footwork, uh, it's what we call plant footwork. So he's taking his drop, he sees the look, and really before even Fur gets on top, he just puts his foot in the ground, he throws it to the perfect spot. Um, and I've always said, literally, 
and Babe could probably speak to this, but you should be able to watch a quarterback's lower body to know how well he's seeing the game because his feet tell you everything. If his feet yeah. are firm and in rhythm and, um, you know, he's just, you know, taking tight hitches and stuff like that, you know he's th seeing things well. If he's kind of loose on his back foot or he's taking a lot of hitches, then there tends to be, you know, oh, man, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do. So if you look at Dak's feet right now, he's playing with a lot of confidence and um, being very decisive. 100%, man. And, and it's not in just this game. I mean, most of the season, his worst game, obviously, was against the 49ers, and things were all over the place. It was just a bad game for him from a quarterback-wise. But of the seven games, I think he's played really good ball in six of them. Um, has he completed every throw? Has he been perfect? Absolutely not. But he's he's really in tune. He looks really comfortable. He, he just He's dialed in, you know? And, and now it's just about going out here because the schedule's about to get crazy after – after this uh, upcoming Sunday. But now it's going out here and stacking this momentum. He talked about being in a the rhythm. These last two games, he is clearly in a rhythm. So not just from a mechanic standpoint, but, but just everything. And just seeing it clearly, he's feeling it clearly. And that's with the pass protection not being the greatest, or at least from the start. Again, we, we, we dropped that statistic yesterday where it was the lowest pressure percentage game, but it didn't start that way. Right, like it didn't start that way. It was, it was an ugly start. And let's jump into the film room because, even though it was an ugly start, Cowboys Nation. One thing about this team that we know they're always going to deal with is adversity, and they and they did that. You know, I'm not even going to show the plays where there were sacks. You guys saw them. It was terrible blocking across the line of scrimmage. Terrence got whooped. Uh, Chuma got whooped. Biotish, Zach, everybody just got whooped on that first three out of four plays. So how do you respond when you get a chance? And the Cowboys came out, and I thought they responded extremely well. And it kind of started with this play. It was second and 17 after a sack, and the Dallas Cowboys come out in a four-by-one formation. And I have here, simple motion does the trick. The simple motion is going to come from Tony Pollard. He's just going to go right on the other side. But look what it does to the linebacker. Oh, this is nothing, Scott. I mean, but peep the linebacker, number 56, as he flips sides here a little bit. And what it's going to do at the snap, if you look down here, I believe this is C.D. Lamb, who's going to run a bit of a, not really a whip route. It's kind of a, it's kind of a choice route, option route. But because that linebacker has to retreat back, C.D. Lamb now has the leverage advantage. He can read him. So he sits, but Dak Prescott and him, this is where the option routes, this is fine because these are the two guys you can do it. He finds him. Nice little, CeeDee Lamb did a lot of little nuanced things. He finds him and CeeDee Lamb understands I got this line back on my back hip. Opposite direction. And run for a first down. Just a little, little motion, I think, sets that thing up. Because if the linebacker can stay where he was, then he can kind of force CeeDee Lamb to continue upfield um, as opposed to CD Lamb forcing the issue with him. Easy buttons. You missed it here. Cut it off real quick. But another pre-snap motion, at snap motion with Jalen Tobert. Easy buttons. Getting 88 involved. Long handoff. Might not look like much, but we're talking about a five-yard gain here that gets things going, that gets CD Lamb involved. I believe that was his second reception on, on the drive. I think he had three of them. I think two or he had about three receptions on that drive. All right, we come out in a four-by-one. I, I love this play, by the way. Four, and, and it wasn't even like the play was, was made within the play. 
But we got a four by one pre-snap motion. So you're going to get Brandon Cooks on a pre-snap motion. A drag read, dig seven. So I mean. Cooks is going to come on his pre-snap motion, and at the snap, he's going to run a drag. So either he keeps it going, or he reads this linebacker here, and he's going to dictate what he does. So I'm just going to, for right now, have him on this drag. I believe this is Fergie running this seven. And our guy, Lamb, is going to basically run a dig. And on this other side, and this is why I have good rep for 13, on this other side, Shouts out to Michael Gallup, who has not been winning at the line of scrimmage. He gets the dub, and he runs kind of a whip route here at the top of this thing. I'm not sure if it was because of a scramble drill or whatnot, but he gets himself open. So this is what I mean by a drag read. Because of this linebacker sitting here, and he's, gonna, he's basically going to force our guy Cooks to sit. So he's basically reading what he's going to do, and he sits. And Dak Prescott is looking, and this is what I love about having the flow of the offense go from here to here, and it's flowing. It's not a mirrored route. Dak is looking for this seven route, but they play it really well. I let the play run for a little bit. Watch how they play Ferguson. There's the motion. There's the drag. Now, if you let it go a little bit more here, you this linebacker is not letting Cooks continue this drag, so Cooks is going to sit. Dak wants this seven route. The attention that CD gets on this dig, you can't go here. So what does Dak do? I've got nothing. i got a guy coming through the line of scrimmage at me. Let me step up and let me get into my scramble drill. Scramble drill happens. My man busts wide open here, but he falls a little bit. But shouts out to Gallup for making the recovery and making a fantastic grab here. But look at the release from Michael Gallup real quick, y'all, because a lot of the attention is down here. But check out Michael Gallup at the top of this. Uh, as he, <gasps> what a release. I mean, he's got my guy giving him a high five at the line of scrimmage. This is the Michael Gallup we like to see, right? Great release. Gets to the top. <laughs> Beautiful out route there. Beautiful out route. I mean, he's got this cornerback just in a blender. Dak steps up. Big completion. First down, let's take a look at it from a pass protection standpoint. Hey, shots out to, again, Tony Pollard. We ain't getting this run game going with him, but he has been fantastic. Look at this block here, rooting out this linebacker. Dak doesn't like what he sees on the seven, doesn't like what he sees on the dig. We got a lane. Let's step up. Scramble drill time. Great catch by Michael Gallup. Really, really like this concept because it flows, and if you pick up the blitz, Dak is going to be able to kill you with it. Uh, so uh, shouts out to McCarthy here. Shouts out to the guys for executing this amazingly. 88's impact. Delay release. Respect Brandon Cook's speed plus pass pro. All right, let's start with the 88 impact here. Here is C.D. Lamb. And this is what makes him so great, right? When you put him in the slot, you've got everyone is going to pay attention to C.D. Lamb. And I forgot to point this out, but earlier in, in this uh, drive of the game, one of the things that the Rams like to do is show too high safety, middle of the field open, and then they'll rotate. They'll have a robber, and they'll have a guy that closes the middle of the field. Now it's a single high look. They did this throughout the entire first drive for the most part. And the attention put on Lamb allows so much green for a guy like Brandon Cooks, right? 
So you got to respect his speed. You cannot press Brandon Cooks here. You got to respect his speed. And what happens if you let the play run, this cornerback number one is going to turn his hips completely. And when Brandon Cooks, a veteran wide receiver, sees this, this is easy money for me to just sit down, right? And this is just pitch and catch and easy money. Now, what I really, really like about this as we run this back a little bit is take a look at Jake Ferguson. Now, remind you, this is the first drive. The first drive, the Cowboys surrendered three sacks. The Cowboys, the pressure was getting to you. So instead of just releasing right now, Jake Ferguson does exactly what Hendershot didn't do earlier in the year, which is a quality delay release. So he's going to go ahead and he's going to chip Byron Young or whomever this, this blitzer is, and he's going to get out here and make himself available. That little chip helps get a completion. Big play, by the way. These are three big plays on this drive. There's a chip. Look at the pass protection. I mean, it, this is now this is what we want to see. Good pocket here. Double Aaron Donald. Everybody winning. Pitch and catch. you love to see it. All right, this was my the best play of the day, in my opinion. Best play of the day. And it was the first touchdown to Ferguson. They're going to come out in a 4 by one formation with CeeDee Lamb down here at the bottom of the screen, four to the right of Dak Prescott. And what makes this, again, a great personnel set, especially when you have this too high, is that it's going to isolate C.D. Lamb if you decide to shift back down. Remember, they were doing this all first drive. Robber, close the middle of the field. Now they get down here. They don't necessarily do that, but he's still the read. That's why we have here backside safety read. Here's the backside safety. If he closes the middle of the field, we got one-on-one to C.D. Lamb. If he helps out with C.D. Lamb, we've got all of this space to operate, right? So I'm going to go ahead and let the play run. It'll illustrate itself. Let you guys know what I'm talking about, and we'll get the route combinations. So we have the go route for C.D. Lamb. We've got the release here, the check down to Tony Pollard, and kind of a, a deeper out route and then a dig for show or not for shows for schoolmaker this is 12 personnel too by the way so we're going to get more linebackers we're going to get a heavier set that's why you got two linebackers out here and linebackers usually can't cover as well right so if this safety wants to come help which he does it's going to open up things for our guy jake ferguson down the seam and how many times cowboys nation have i come on here and scream for the cowboys to throw this shot to Ferg, not Hendo, not Schoolmaker, hell, not even Michael Gallup, but Ferg. Four's eyes are key here. Dime. Absolute dime and fantastic catch. Let's take a look from this angle so we can show you why Four's eyes are key. At the snap, we're moving the safety right now. And if you actually go back and look here, Safety's at the top of the screen. At the snap, look how far he gets over. Look at that jump. Once Dak sees that, it's a wrap. Fires. And if you look at the back foot, like, oh, that's so clean. It's so clean. Just a beautiful play. Beautiful read. Great catch. Everybody doing their job. And we finish it with the touchdown. More, please. More, please. So that's a drive of the game for me, Cowboys Nation. Um... If you go back, that's not that's not that's not what we're doing. There we go. 
if you go back and you watch more of the game, you could have probably pulled out two or three more drives of the game. But this one just showed everything. It had the pre-snap motion. It had the at-snap motion. It had CD in the slot. It had CD out wide. It utilized the tight ends. You had them helping and chipping. That first drive, again, the first 15 is very important. That first drive set the tone. CD Lamb, three receptions, I think it was, early in that in that drive. So what happens when you get down to the red zone? CD Lamb's cooking. So we got to pay attention to CD Lamb. And you get Jake Ferguson down the seam and a diamond Dak Prescott. So again, the offense showed some adaptation out of the bye. We just got to continue to build on that from a pass game standpoint. From a pass game standpoint. But but man, what a fantastic drive and I just that that throw and that and that catch just just good stuff, man. And look, Dak has thrown that four times this year. Dropped by Schoon, dropped by Hendo and a drop by Gallup. Who comes through for him? Jake. And we talk about building confidence. Did you see Hendershot get another play like that the rest of the season? Mm-mm. Have you seen Schoolmaker really get that type of play down the scene? Mm-mm. Ferg wasn't getting them. He got one against the Jets, or, or maybe it was a patch. I think you're going to see more of that. And now it's on film, right? So now when we get down there, we get now, I call it. That was the red zone, but if we get into that green zone, money zone situation, we're crossing the 50, we're in that 35 to 40-yard line, and, and they send Ferg up the seam, your safety got to make a decision. You want to deal with Cooks on this side, you want to deal with Lamb on this side, you're going to allow Ferg to get up the seam. I was told by a certain somebody that Ferg couldn't do that, but he showed you he could. He's been showing you he can. So start treating Ferguson like a tight end one, and I think he will reward you. He will reward you. Something happened. Uh, we good. We good. We good. Is everything good from a? Uh, yeah, we should be good from an internet standpoint. Somebody said something about the broadband. I got a little nervous there. But all right, let's jump into these phones. Let's talk to our guy Los. Didn't get a chance to talk to Los yesterday. What's up, brother? Hey, good morning, Scott. Man, hey, hope you're having a great morning. Victory Tuesday. As you say, I couldn't call. Uh, you know, you had to leave a little bit early. And, yeah. You know, go get your bread, man. Go get your bread. You deserve it. Um, just one quick point, man. Uh, CD getting volume is something I love to see. And he said something before the game is getting others involved is something we need to do. But at the same time, Scott, it's almost we forget that playmakers are there to make plays, right? And I'm just going to give you this stat real quick. Before even this week, CD never had a touchdown. Just think about that. Huh? All, all throughout the six weeks, he hasn't had a touchdown unless until this week going against the Rams. That's and not that's true. Two of them, or, or well, from from what I see on the stats, or was it one or two? He had a touchdown. Because he had a touchdown. Because I. All right. Well, let me see the Cowboys or the Cowboys versus Giants. I'm looking because I, I scored against the, the Patriots. Loves, but go ahead. Touchdown. Okay, my bad, my bad. Mm. But anyways. My my thing is, you know, just getting them involved. And, like, I feel like CD was a huge a priority. And I think when we get him involved, it's way easier to get others involved as well because he's getting more attention. He's getting plays. And he deserves it, right? He's, he, you know, he's he's our ex. Mm-hmm. And we got to treat him like the ex. Now, now, there, now there is a concern with well, me with Pollard establishing ex, the run. But, but, yeah. well, I'm on to me. But, however, yeah. that doesn't mean we need that scheme. Go ahead. Yeah, Michael Gallup's our ex, but 
he he's our number one receiver. Gotcha. Yeah, I just mean X is like number one. My bad. I don't mean it as a football term. But now there is a concern about me with Pollard establishing the run, but that doesn't mean we need the scheme to be always running. I just feel like we got to capitalize of how and when we do it, because my conspiracy theory is. I feel like they just given the sneak playbook this year and said, "I hey, get her done with that," because there's no way the plays that were working all last year and the you know years before it's like we're not doing it. And, and, and I don't know. I just feel like we we need to get him involved, and that's my point. Last last but not least, shout out to the 49ers winning their Super Bowl three weeks ago against us because ever since then they haven't won anything. So there's that. You, you peace out, Sky. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, may, maybe there's a uh, appreciate you, Los. Maybe there's a you play the Cowboys and you beat them curse type of situation. I don't know what it, what the records are when you play the Cowboys and you play the next week, but the record is zero and eight combined when you beat the Cowboys and you play the rest of the season. The, you know the the Cardinals haven't won since they beat the Cowboys. The Niners haven't won since they beat the Cowboys. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I mean, look, get get CD Lamb involved. You're right. Los, I mean, continue to to get him going and get him going early. We talked about that yesterday. C.D. Lamb talked about how get when he gets involved early, it opens things up. And that's so true. And it's not hard to get him involved early, in my opinion. Get him involved early, get him involved often, and it'll help the whole, your whole offense open up. Um, as for T.P., yeah, we're, we're 100% trying to u- utilize him like a workhorse or, or a hammer, and that's goofy. But if you go back and look at this game, specifically in the second half, um, when they got to the outside, I think it was three runs this time, y'all. Three. We went from two to three, so maybe we'll get some more. They all worked. I mean, it felt like every time we got him on the edge, it worked. You know, get him in space, utilize him where he's successful, and then use another running back to to do all that hammer stuff, up the middle stuff. And then, yeah, hey, all right, now that we did some of the hammer stuff, right, now we can bring him in and maybe he can run uh, one of those handoffs where you get the the, the pull and it, it's up the middle but it's not every game or it's not every play and you know look i get on the offensive line wasn't a great day that just is what it is at all it wasn't a great day from a run run game standpoint but they did have a handful of plays where they blocked it up well and guess what happened oh guess what happened the cowboys had a successful run whether it be rico dowdled a few times he got it or whether it be tony pollard but more often than not, it was not blocked up great. And that's when you see just players or, or guys in the backfield. And here's the thing that concerns me. No, this is no disrespect to the Rams and no disrespect to the Chargers, but I would not look at those fronts and say, oh, man, it's, these fronts are elite. Aaron Donald's elite. Joey Bosa, Mac are elite. But um, they, these fronts aren't some immaculate fronts. And they were kind of owning a line of scrimmage and you're going to play better fronts. You're going to go up against one next week. You got the, the commanders in a few weeks, too. Uh, and obviously, you got other defenses coming up. So you got to be better. We, we, we just got to be better and more consistent and open up these lanes, man. Nine oh four. what it is, what it do? Hey, Will, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, good, sir. How are you? Oh, pretty good, man. It's a pretty good week, and we got a big big game coming up this Sunday and you know kind of my main concern is that offensive line though because like you know with Tyron Smith gonna be out and I don't know how long the other line is gonna be out and man somebody need to protect that blind side because you know Philly gonna come at it they're gonna come with it you know yeah. so 
It's my main concern yeah, my too. Main concern is, mm-hmm. that's a, that's pretty much my only main concern. Cause like if he can get if Dak can get some time, and they play to the top of the game like they did this past Sunday, we can't be stopped. Cause the only one can stop is ourselves. You know. Yeah, you you gotta have a, and I know they went out and got help, and and they got two Pro Bowl cornerbacks about the Eagles. You you gotta have a ridiculous secondary. I think if if we're gonna get time and we're gonna dial it up like that. You gotta have a really good secondary um if you don't get home. Right. Absolutely. And we definitely definitely gotta you know, it's more important to try to get this running game going as well too, you know? So with Pollard, you know, Pollard can you know, he's gonna get his yards, but I haven't seen him get a hundred yards in a in a while, in a few games. Now, Since week so. two. Yeah, so I mean he's had a hundred total yeah, yards. He hasn't had a hundred rushing yards. Uh but but yeah. No. Yeah, and, and that and that's that's a big concern because like you know I know McCarthy is more like he want to he want to be balanced and you know that want to do this dick and dunk whatever but I'm glad he did finally you know using the vertical and you know getting it downfield because that beautiful dime pass to um, Ferguson that that I, really set the tone. I'm about to say what nothing dink and dunk about the last two weeks. No, it wasn't. No, he was, was more aggressive then, and you know. And then finally, you know, they, they they started to catch on. And, you know, and then finally Cook's getting involved, you know, because, you know, you finally get that one-on-one matchup that they wanted, and they finally got it in there. So, uh, yeah, okay, and I, he's, I, I he's one-on-one, and he's not running a, a one-yard slant. So, yeah. No, no. We got to we got to take a very advantage of his speed. And so, you know, Philadelphia looking at that now. Uh, so, oh, we got to respect the speed now. Yeah. So, now it, it opened up to everything. You know, for Tolbert and you know, even um, what's his name, Turpin? Yep. And if you yeah, know, Turpin. Turpin, Turpin yep. got to get in there. Got to do his thing too. So you know, get him in the slot. You know, if you got to run a jet sweep every now and then, give him a jet sweep on there. You know, because he got the speed to get out there in the open. Yeah, so, you you've got you know, the explosives, like, man. You just got yeah. I'm appreciate the call, man. And we kind of got mixed it up with everybody. All right, I appreciate you, man. Yes, hey, sir. Y'all take care, man. I'll see you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you got the explosives. That's what we call them. All right, you 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 have the weapons. It's just about utilizing them. And I don't got the snap count for Turbo. Let me go look real quick. Cause then he have like two snaps the other day. The other game, I mean. Yeah, eleven. So yeah. So yeah, he had two snaps against the Chargers, and we were all like, "What? Why only two snaps? Two snaps against San Fran, but he got, he got injured. Um, but he had eleven, so that was the most snaps since Week Four, where he had twenty-one. And and I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. You know, ten at the very least. Give him ten snaps. He has six of them out there in the pass game, uh, five in the run game. So yeah, man, look, and he can even eat into to Michael Gallup snaps as well. There's no reason to to be. You don't have to be stubborn. Just like you don't got to be stubborn about the run game either. Like don't. I know you want to be balanced, and I know you want to. You want to. We want to run the ball, and we want to. And we want to play defense. If you truly wanted to do that, you would have invested in that position more than you did. That's why I didn't really believe you, right? Plus, this is a Texas Coast West Coast offense. Usually, throw the ball to set up the run, not the other way around. But don't run your head against the wall, especially if you've got the advantage on the other side in regards to airing it out. It does not mean. You throw it 40, 45 times, right? It just means you have a, a, a better game plan when you do throw it, and you find a way to be more efficient when you do run it. Now, eventually, TP started to you know run off some good plays, and he got his 
he ended up finishing the day with 53 yards on just 12 carries. So that was like 4.4 yards per carry. So and what? how did they do it? Got him involved outside, right? I'd like to see Rico get more involved. And you don't have to have a 175-yard day. Some days that might happen. But if you could finish the day a buck 20, buck 25, and, and it's maybe 70 from, from TP and it's 40 from Rico and then Dak sprinkles in, you know, 20, that's all you need. Because you got the dudes out here. And you're starting to show a little bit of, from a pass game standpoint that that schematically there's some good things that you can build on. So I've always been about being more efficient than being a team that needs to run the ball 40 times anyway. But we hadn't been efficient. And that that's what scared me. And that scares me. Let me say that. We haven't been efficient. And that's from a multitude of reasons, right? Schematically, blocking. It's just it's not all together like you might see elsewhere. I don't remember you, sir, but I but I but I did save your name as Jive. What's good, Jive? Oh yeah, what's good, bro? Just uh, remember the Titans guy. <laughs> all right, all right. I know you you must have yeah. called in recently, yeah. but I just don't I just don't yeah, quite I remember. Do. I, was, I was talking about to remember the Titans and all that, but anyway, yeah. Hold up, real quick, bro. But, uh, I think you got me on uh, speaker. You got me on speaker. Cause I can't hear you, bro. Can you hear me better now? I mean, I can, I can barely hear you. I just don't want the viewers to not be able to hear you at all. All right, can you hear me now? Much better. There you go. Hello. Ah, Jive, call back in, bro. You hung up. Uh, let's get Big Cat from New York. What's up, Big Cat? What's going on, bro? What's going on? Listen, I appreciate everything you say. I mean, I have some of these conversations too, man. But I'm gonna tell you, I'll be, I'm being funny right now, but I'm being real. Some of everybody can have some of Gallup snaps. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> let's get, let's get everybody involved. I'm really irritated that they haven't used Lipke with the starting offense. I'm kind of irritated by that because you bought him in there. This cat got some feet on him. I mean, for a big boy, he he got a pair, of, he got a pair of pitter patters that. That make they do, make they thing do what they do. Just call them pitter patters. Yo, man, you know what I'm saying. But okay. he, this dude, this this dude has a skill level that kind of combines a bunch of people on your squad, and you're not using them with the starting lineup. Another thing, man, I, I'm I don't know, and maybe you can speak to this for me, right? Um, I've heard. I want to make sure that I heard the right thing. Did I hear Richard Sherman say that C.D. Lamb wasn't a number one wide receiver? I don't know. Is that what he said? I I don't really. I don't, yeah, because I tried not to listen to none of them fools, Mm -hmm. to be honest. But I'm telling you, he was on um, Skip's show. um, Yeah, I think he's uh, like a regular guest now on that Yeah, one of the regulars, right? Him and Keyshawn. And he literally was debating Mike about whether CD was a number one. I guess number one showed up yesterday. Why are we having... I had to fight these conversations last year, but that that should be done. That should be over with. And it should have been over with. And and I think what Mike kind of squashed or, or... really put in his face was the idea that 
you're basing your idea off of scheme and production as opposed to ability. Mm. If I mean, you're not throwing the ball. That's a fantastic point. But but he also, once you target him, he's producing. Like he, And it's weird for him to say that because if you look at his first three years, he's on a record pace for Cowboys history. Uh, you know, a team that exactly. Michael Irvin, Hall of Famer, played for. Team Des Bryant, those guys played for. So what do you mean, is like, not you, but what do you mean, Richard, that his production says he's not a number one wide receiver. He just had 1,400 last year and six, what was it, eight touchdowns or whatever, nine touchdowns? Yeah, what, one of the things I said in in a kind of retort understanding with dude was like, I was like, wait, bro, so you telling me that if I flipped it on you, like you trying to flip this situation, I said if I flipped it on you, you as a Pro Bowl quarterback, uh, possible Hall of Fame quarterback or cornerback, are you telling me that if – the reason they don't target you is because they don't believe you qualified to be targeted. Well, that, does, does that not make you can. a better? Does that not make you con, or consider you one of the best corners, at least on the field in the league, when you get less targets? Oh come on, man! It's some of the stupid rhetoric that they go through is just irritating. Did he just but, recently? I mean, look, I'm not trying to get all the way into because you know how I don't even. Talk. Did he just recently yeah, say that? Yes, it was recent. After it was recent. Within, after within this game, the week. within not not after not yesterday. After the but, Chargers um, game, not, yeah, after the Chargers game. How the hell you? All right, right, right in that, right in that week, right in that bye week, or whatever our bye week time was. How are you watching um, that game and be like, yeah, this ain't the number one? Yeah, shut look, up, look. So I don't definitely yeah. get Steve so to come put his stuff, hands on you. That kind of stuff kind of irritates me, bro. Listen. Can I swear? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say what all Cowboy Nation individuals actually have on their mind. Fuck Philly. <laughs> Let's go get Let's I'm go sorry. Get this I hate thing. them. So when I hear that, that gets me hyped. You and me both. If I hated a team, it's Philly. If I hated a team, bro, it's Philly. We live in the same, we live in the same pond, bro. That's that's Ooh, yeah. how I feel. That, that's that's exactly how I feel. Basically, f- them. That's it. All right, man. All right, man. Love Talk. your love. Love your stuff, bro. Love it. Love it. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call, brother. All right. That's Big Cat All from right. New York. Man, when, when I say in closing, that's how you close. Philly. I got a lot of Philly. I got a lot of Eagle fan stories from back home, man. Oh, lots of them. One day I, we'll, we'll talk about it. One day. Sherm, Sherm. So I look over. Sherm wants his own show. Sherm has his own show. Shout out to the volume. On the volume. Um, I haven't followed him enough to know if if he is if, if he has turned into one of those. Ah, I got the spotlight now from a media standpoint. So now I got to be outlandish. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if he was quality and analyst prior. I don't I don't watch him enough. But no, I didn't know he said that. I know Cowboy fans were saying that. I know there's a specific Cowboy fan that comments on this channel a lot that just even after Lamb goes crazy, he's like, I, I don't like him. I don't believe in him. He ain't. Sh-. I'm just like, what do you want him to do? What more do you want that man to do? Keep scrolling. We need a a real. You say a real running back. 
a true running back, something like that? Where'd you go? You disappeared on me, recruiter. I mean, I, look, I, I said it. I keep sounding like a broken record. He talked about using Hunter Lipke more. I, I was talking about using Rico more. I'm all for using this stable more. If you're not, and you go get a back, then you got to use them, right? So I was thinking about this the other day. We're not we're not using this stable. I don't know why. I don't know what the deal is. It's like they just completely forgot over the last three years you've used two backs, right? Minimum. And not just, ah, we're going to spell you. We're going to give you a breather. You come in. No, you was using series for these backs. And this is what pisses me off. None of these backs can really get going at the way we're running and obviously how we're blocking, but the way we're running a rock. And what I mean is you get two carries. You won't see a carry for two more series. Dowdle will get a carry and come out. He'll get a carry three series later. He'll come out, get two carries, and he'll come. How can Rico Dowdle even get going? As a running back, you have to kind of get integrated into the damn flow of the game. Right? And I remember how we used to use them. Uh, talking about Zeke and TP. It was a series maybe for Zeke and then a series for TP. and then the se- That was cool for me. The whole idea of having TP be your RB1 wasn't about increasing Tony Pollard's snaps. What about doing anything different with TP? The idea was that, well, maybe we'll have a Rico Dowdle or at the time Lee Davis was, was heavily talked about or whomever, whatever the running back we talked about drafting a pair with TP. That didn't happen. So we were like, oh, okay, maybe Rico would be the guy. Rico start doing some good things. Here we go. Here we go. Rico, 21 touches in the first three weeks in the touchdown. Ever since then, he's just treated like it's nothing. I don't understand the usage. I'm not opposed to bringing in another guy. I've said this many a times. But tell me when we do that, we're going to use that guy. We're going to use that guy to his strengths, and we're going to use the stable and not do what we're continuing to do. So I'm looking at the big picture. Everybody is focused on the small picture. Let's not be small-minded. There is a big picture issue when it comes to this running game. I don't think it's that difficult to see, but one adding a running back doesn't just automatically fix that unless you're willing to fix how you're doing this thing. I'm open for it. Hell, who would not be happy to bring in a Derrick Henry or the cat from Denver, right? Cooks, I don't, I don't think you're really getting much different than what you got here with Cooks. But if you're going to bring these dudes in and you do nothing, right, they get so instead of TP was averaging like 12 carries over the last month, getting 12, he gets 10, and this dude that comes in gets eight. What are we doing? You know, there's just no rhyme or reason to how we're running and why we're running. So I'm more fed up with the utilization of the run offense than a particular player. And I and we can go deeper and talk about the old line, but y'all don't ever want to talk about that. The old line has been stank with the run. I don't know what else to tell you. $9.99 to go watch it on all 22 if you want. It's been terrible. Six oh nine. What it is? What it do? What's going on, Scott? Man, how you doing? What's up with you? I'm good, man. The per- perfect segue on what you was talking about with the overline, because that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. Terrence still on the right side, man. He, yeah, cause that injury is is showing that he he's not fully healthy. Like he's well, let me tell you this. Now he healthy? Was... No, 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 no. He healthy. Okay. Let me tell you where Terrence okay. is looking bad, bro. You remember? I hate to bring this up because I don't want to put this on T. You remember when Lyle was missing a lot? I mean, I'm not sure how long you've been watching the show, but 
when, when Lyell has had been missing, it was very top heavy. Like like he would get over top of his feet and he would kind of miss with his hands. Oh yeah, absolutely. He used to do that all the time. Terrence missing with his hands, bro. He missing bad. <laughs> he missing real, real bad with his hands. And when you do that, now that edge, that 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 bend or that hump that that defensive end has to, to take is cut short. So right, right. you know, I, I don't know. I don't think that is that he's not healthy. I just don't think he is is right now. Obviously, we gotta give him grace. Right? Oh, he tore his ACL. I get it. I think he's just not all the way back to what he was from mental mental tan standpoint, hand standpoint, um, and sync stand, whatever you want to call it. I don't think he's quite there yet, and hopefully he gets it because right now it's it's just up and down with Terrence. You don't really know what he's gonna get when you drop back, and I don't like that. And another thing with that is that it's messing up Zach Martin. Zach Martin is starting to look like Whoa. not Superman because of like they used to be a tandem, like him and even Beatus. They used to be like a tandem. I hate to say it, man. Zach, yeah, so, Zach, Zach struggling. Oh, go ahead. Zach, the one that that he he hurting. You know, he hurting. But that's and this is the thing about it. Like you watch him, right? And I showed the play, the touchdown. There, there'll be like three, four plays in a row. Oh man, this is fantastic. Then there'll be three, four plays where it's like. Yo, y'all all looking like trash right now, <laughs> and we did. We're just not used to seeing that from 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 our guys Zach and Terrence, and you know, we're just not used to seeing that. So, if if anybody that Absolutely. needs to get get right, at least get our right side right, so we can get back to being dominant on that side. We ain't dominant nowhere up front, and it's it is concerning. Right, and um, also McCarthy. Now that he's like the head of the play calling, he never was real big on running. He was always mm-hmm. big on the passing game. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't see that really honestly changing. Even if we do get, like, a Derrick Henry, like, it would just, honestly, with our, our run blocking and adding um, McCarthy into the mix with uh, Derrick Henry, I don't see that happening, like, anything good. So, um, last thing I'm going to say before I get off of here is uh, the offense, like, I do want to say this about McCarthy. He definitely is trying. Like, I see it. I've been watching some of the tape. Um, I didn't look at the last game because they just got the tape out today, I believe, for that. But, it's a fun study, man. It's um, a fun study. He is, yeah, the film study. Um, he's definitely definitely trying new things, adding. And li- I guess he's listening because CD and Dak went crazy. Like They're going crazy. He's giving it to Jake Ferguson. Like Those are the two, to me, those are one and two. And then give Cook some looks and TP. Right. But that's that's my personally like one two three four, so that's all I wanted to say, man. I appreciate everything you're doing here. Thank you, brother. Good call, man. What's your name? All right, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. All right, man. But just put you down as Kevin. I mean. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, Kevin. Yes, sir. Salute. All right. What what did uh what did what did Kevin say? I'm sitting over looking to the chat. I said the caller is wrong. He ain't say that. He didn't say that caller. Oh, it's just you. I, I thought I saw three different people talking about the call. What did the caller say? I'm not really that, that we talking about here. Get get the caller off the phone. He didn't. What? What? Oh, that's just you. You're the same person that keep dropping that. All right, never mind. Happy to look over and saw a super chat from uh, Super Chat Ryan. Appreciate you, man. Drop the dub. Said running back makes no sense. Issues issue isn't running back. It's the old line. 
We are compromised at center, right guard, right tackle, left tackle. I mean, you just say the whole goddamn line. Because of injury, we are getting no push at the lines, so it won't matter what running back back there, wide receiver, O-line, linebacker. Those are their greatest needs. So I like to, to look at things from both sides. I agree. I think the, the line is the biggest issue, but I'm going to look at the other side for those who do believe that running back will be the magic elixir. I will say this. I'm not going to say it doesn't completely matter, right? Because if you get a specific guy with a specific set of skills, maybe that dude can can pop one for 60 yards or something like that. I said this the other day. But yeah, the big picture is we're just not getting it. We're just not blocking well. Don't believe me. Go, go, go listen to um, Nate Newton. Six-time Pro Bowler, three-time Hall of Famer. He talked about the O-line. is just not getting movement. They're not nasty out there. It's just when you watch and you go look at, even go look at Derrick Henry, some of some of his games and runs, you see a line kind of in sync. You see lanes, and boy, when you get Derrick Henry downhill, good luck. Our line, you sometimes don't even know where the play's at, where it's going, which side of the ball you're on. It's like a whole bunch of car accidents at the line of scrimmage. It's It's concerning from a run game standpoint. They usually get in a groove from a pass game standpoint throughout the game, but a run game standpoint, I can't say they've been in a groove. I just can't do it. Everything good? Y'all said y'all got it? He said he spammed one thing. Nah, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't Kevin Moore. My guy, 100 grand. Shouts out to Iceberg Slim, man. Uh, appreciate it. He says, he says, still, I was so wrong about Jake Ferguson. That seam route touchdown was freakishly insane. His size and length are a problem. Hey, man. Where my button at? So I don't cuss on you. Players up too, man. Players, players mess up too. I, I mess up all the damn time. When you talk five days a week, really six days a week, you're going to say something that you're wrong on. It is, is what it is, you know. But I'm glad you're coming around on Jake. Now, if he go and drop a ball, don't come back on here talking about Jake Ferguson ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. Because Jake has shown. He's caught 24 of his last 27 targets, I believe, or 26, 24, 26, something like that. Ridiculous catch rate. You see his athleticism. He's, he's a top 10 guy in yards after catch. I mean, Jake is tight end one, man. Use him like that. You know, use him like that. Uh, Greg Starr. Super chat. He dropped five, said, I know we hit on draft picks. At the end of the day, it doesn't hurt hurt your team. When you get a proven player at a position of need through a trade. Absolutely not, Greg. I'm all about that. I'm all about that. And at this point, you could talk me into moving my second round pick. See, see, I'm not I'm not the draft guy that's like, oh, my, look, I want to draft everybody. I, that ain't me, man. I, I, I'm more along the lines of, well, who can I get for that second round pick? Because the odds of the second round pick being better than a potential star, a pro bowl or whatever, give me that guy. Especially the odds for the Dallas Cowboys. Four of the last five second round picks have not worked out so so well to date. Now, we still got a TBD on Sam, but let's just be honest. Year and a half in, I don't think we'd all be jumping for joy for what's happening with him. So I'm all about moving that second round pick at this point. I used to be like, yeah, you know, Fourth to fifth that we've done before. I never believed that we'd ever trade a first or second. But at this point, you got to start looking at them second round picks. Like, hey, man. Let's move them things. Let's move them things. Matisse said, build around Ferguson. And I got you on, on the horn. Not that him. Build around Ferguson and develop school in the offseason. I mean, you could still develop schoolmaker. 
right now, right? Like Schoolmaker, he got a nice little play action. I think he even had a delayed release. I can't remember. Got, you know, got a, you know, a little pop pass. Gets upfield, 16 yards or whatever it was. That's fine. You can use Schoon like that. Use Schoon blocking. He's a good blocker. Sending Schoon down the field for contested catches when we did our, our draft evaluation, that was one thing he did not do well. Nah, nah. That's a, that's a misuse of your resources. Using Schoon or play actions and drags and, you know, boxing out guys possibly. Sure, but but you can still develop Schoon while Ferg is your guy. You know, it's good with your uh, poppy. <laughs> nah, I mess up too, man. Bear said, "Would I give up Dorrance and Nation for Jalen? Do I have a hell yeah? I don't got my hell yeah anymore. Hell yeah! What? Yes." 100% bear. I, I would give up Dorrance and Nation for Jay. I don't, I'm not too crazy with them. Uh, I just happened to scroll some more. Shouts out to Laurel. He dropped two. Show ain't over, by the way. I just, I'm chat. just reading the supers as we go. I usually do it at the end. Uh, he said, was Sunday a sign of midseason form? From a pass game? Uh, might be on the song. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah, bro. I'm going to say yes, because here's why. I think we will see more of Gallup and Tober snaps uh, split. I think we will see more of Turpin being involved. Uh, the passing game concepts are finally opening up. We are no longer just trying to live in this short pass game of West Coast offense. It has opened up, and I'd love to see it. So, yeah, I'll say a little bit. Still got to get that ground game situated, but a little bit. I agree, Marcus. Shouts out to Marcus Hardison. He said uh, more passes to Tony Pollard that's one thing I'm a little disappointed about. Uh, we tried to screen in the red zone, pop right off of his head, but let's get him involved more outside of the red zone from a pass game standpoint too. And it don't got to be just a screen. Swing that thing to him. Get it to him right now. You, you Get him in space. It's fantastic in space. Get him in space. All right, let's get uh 202 from Chocolate City. What's happening? You? What up, Scott? What's good with you? Ain't too much, man. I appreciate the show. Long time listener, first time caller. Oh, man. Welcome to the show. Thank you for the support. <laughs> good, good. Man, I, I'm let's jump into it. I, I, what you said about the running backs is probably true. I think we have the running backs on the team that could do it, but the offensive line just not blocking. You know, I feel like if you use Malik Davis and um, Gallo to soften up that defense, run up the middle, and use Tony Pollard for them halfback tosses, we can get this running game going. But with them franchising Tony Pollard, making him a $10 million, they trying to do too much with him, and that's not his game. And, and the funny thing <laughs> is, know? and I always have to smile when I hear, not, not hear that, but initially you would think, right, without really looking at it, that, oh, man, we using Tony Pollard too much. But, bruh, he ain't getting but more than 11 or 10, 12 carries. And so it's not even <laughs> like they giving him the ball a bunch. It's about how they giving them the rock. That's what infuriates me the That's most. Right. If they were running Tony Pollard right. twenty five times a game, twenty times a game, I, I'd be I'd be like, yo, this is this is way too much. Just period. Forget the how. He shouldn't even be carrying the ball 20, 25 times a game. He getting the ball 11, 12, 13, and nine of those are an A gap. 
It just makes no sense. Yeah. So it if, if you no want to soften up that all. defense, then damn it, give it to what, what did somebody call him? Forty ounce? They call Hunter Lipke forty ounce. <laughs> yeah, they need to definitely. That's most they, definitely. They call Hunter forty ounce, bro. Give him the rock, man. Get get, get the defensive lineman drunk, so then you can bring in Tony Pollard. They can, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Now this offensive line, what are we gonna do about this left side? I'm done with Tyron. I mean. He had his time here. I think his time is up. They won't let him go. I think his time is up. Um, Austin Richardson, I do not want to see him on the left side as as far as tackle, not right now, not this season. Um, maybe kick Tyler Smith back out there and put maybe Austin Richardson in the guard. But if not, then maybe Tyler Beatis can play guard. What about that dude that they signed to the practice squad a few, was it, a few weeks back, maybe about a month or two, Billy Price? Um, how do you think he'll do as center nah. if they kick Tyler Beatis to guard? Nah, nah. Oh, you child bitch. You child bitch. You child bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Tyler Beatis ain't going no goddamn guard. You know, you know damn well. So, look. Look, Beatis has not been great this year. I think he's dealing with some injuries. He's banged up. But, again, the, the offensive line, to me, individually, these guys have it in them. Right? It just haven't been one for a totality of a game, it feels like. Although, the stats say pressure rate-wise, they were fine. And, and they did settle down. I'll give them props for that. But what to do with the left side? What I would do, I would bump Tyler to left tackle. And I'd play Chuma until he can't do it no more at guard. And then if Chuma, because when I say that, I mean he's been getting bang, banged up. If Chuma goes down, then you could insert Tyler Bass at guard. But I think Chuma's gained a little bit of respect to be able to say, okay, let's see what you can do. Um, on the inside, don't want him on the outside all the time, but on the inside and put that's what I would do. They're not going to do that, but I'm not relying on Tyron for a full rest of the season. Now, you get to a game like Sunday, okay, that's when I put Tyron back in. Now, we get Tyron Smith against an elite front, and then you get the Panthers. All right, Tyron, come sit down. I know that is not how this works, but Tyron Smith has shown that he can't stay healthy. Some dude bet me $100. Yeah. Y'all remember the guy that bet me $100? Tyron Smith's going to play 17 games or whatever. Well, Tyron Smith's <laughs> going to play 15 games. He said, I bet you $100. I said, sir, you, you don't win here. I win here. Let me tell you how I win. I hope like hell you're right. I will gladly give you $100 for Tyron Smith to play 15 games. And if he don't, now you owe me $100. See, that don't work. Nah, you're absolutely right, man. But that's all I got for the show, man. I keep calling back in. I appreciate what you're doing, man. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Y'all remember my all man? Right. I, I, don't, he, I don't know if he still listens to the show or not. If he do, if you are listening to this show and you happen to run this back, let me know if you if, if you down for that. You know? I know a lot of the fans in the chat was like, yo, I, I'll take that bet. So I, I don't know if you were here. You know, maybe... You might you might be able to win ten times your money. We already at three games, so so Tyra's going to have to play the rest of the season. Can't miss another one. I would love for him to play the rest of the season, but would anybody bet their paycheck that Tyron Smith is playing the rest of the season? And if you are. My Twitter is Skywalker Steel. Please hit my DMs, and I will gladly put my paycheck on the line, too. Gladly.
Yeah, man, I'd love to be wrong. Come on now. Lewis says, I think we're putting 77 on a pitch count. Well, you, do you really put him on a pitch count during the games? Or you mean pitch count in, in, in practice? Practice, 100%. Games, I don't know. And he ain't even been getting hurt in the games. Ty, think about this, y'all. Tyron Smith has missed three games because he got hurt at practice. What's going on, man? I wouldn't even. Why would he practice? I'm not even practicing Tyron Smith. I'm sorry. I'm going to go on left a little bit. Why would I even have him practice? You just show up to the game, bro. All right. We got about where we at here. We got everything. One, two, three. We got four. We're going to end this thing with four. But before we end this thing with four bars, I want to talk to you guys about what's happening on Friday. I will be live at BT Furnishings in Garland. Okay. And that's for those who are around the DFW area. If you are here in the DFW area and you got time to come down on Friday, Please do. And I'm not saying that, like, come down and watch the whole show. But this is why I'm telling you this. If you come down anywhere to between 830 and 10, the good people at BT Furnishings are giving away a $50 gift card to any A to Z sports fan that shows up live on the broadcast. You can use that $50 gift card towards Black Friday. Black Friday is less than four weeks away. Right? So, boom, $50 for you just for showing up. On top of that, you will have a chance to win a Michael Parsons jersey that is supplied by BT Furnishing. So we'll put your name in a raffle and that will be drawn that day. On top of that, if you come into BT Furnishings this week all the way up to Saturday, any of them, by the way, any BT Furnishings, and you go in there and you say, hey, man, I'm here on behalf of Skywalker and A to Z. They will put your name into a drawing, a raffle to win a free recliner, no purchase necessary. I'm going to be emphasizing this this thing for the rest of the week because you'd be crazy not to show up. If you need something for the man cave, you need something for the for the for the living room, for the showroom, for whatever. And say only two people show up, you have a 50-50 chance to win a damn recliner. Are you kidding me? So, if you are in the DFW area, come through to BT Furnishings location in Garland and on Friday and get your $50 gift card and have a chance to win a Michael jersey. If you're not, or you can't make it on Friday, but you can any other day between today and Saturday, just head on in there and say, hey, I'm here for the A to Z Sports Special. I'm going to sign up, and they will put your name in the drawing, and we will draw that on the pregame show on Sunday. So make sure y'all come through. Let's get back into the horns. Jay Jack, what's good, bro? Hey, what's good, bro? What's up with you? And you already know how it's going, bro. Listen, with the uh, the offensive line shuffle you was talking about, I will go ahead and put Tyler at left tackle, uh, put Doga at, at left guard, and I use Tyron Smith as like a just like a, a, a relief for uh, Terrence Steele while he working Professor his way Oak, back. You know, he's struggling because he's struggling a little bit. You know what I mean? So just. And that at the same time, you still get Tyron Smith. He ain't out there all game, every game. You could reserve some of him for you know postseason. And as, as far as the uh, the the trade thing goes, I think we played too well on Sunday for 
Jerry Jones to pull the trigger on any trade. Like, if we would have struggled on one aspect of the game, like the, the offense played good, the defense played good, special teams played good, if we would have struggled somewhere, I think they would have pulled the trade, pulled the trigger on the trade. But I hate that. I think the, the 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 team was the team just played too good for. I think they they just got too they got too much faith in what we got right now. Like I think we got a good team though, but I still think we should we should make a, a move to put us over the top. Like Sam. how San Fran stacked the deck last year with uh with uh getting McCaffrey. I the hate Eagles, I hate the thought know, process of we play so well. Let's not do it. The 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 filthy Philadelphia Eagles beat one of the best teams in the National Football League, handedly, by the way, on primetime. And the very next prime day, time. they said, nah, nah, we want more. Now, is that going to, like, like I said, when they made the trade, when they went out and got Kevin Byer, is that going to put them up? I don't know. I mean, it may not work out. But it's, it's about making the attempt to either strengthen a strength or strengthen a weakness. So I'm not I'm not saying this is you. I'm not hearing them if they say, oh, you know what? We play so well after the Rams game. We don't need to go out and make a deal. That's that's the that's a terrible thought process. You should be like, let's go try to make our team better. If it doesn't work out, it don't work out. But you shouldn't come out that game saying I'm not picking up the phone. We good to go. Never. Exactly. But being being Cowboys fans, as long as we've been fans and knowing Jerry Jones, and the way he operates is like I can see him saying that. I, I hope not. What? What? Bear with me for a second here. Cowboys traded for Jonathan Hankins before the Bears game. All right? Was that after the Lions game? Yes. So, so the Cowboys were on a pretty good win streak, right? They were like six and one or something like that. So, just look at your look inside your own building. Cowboys were winning. They were they were playing well from a win loss standpoint. They still went out and got help. So. They should still look to do it. If they don't do it, I'm not going to sit here and whine about it. We've got to move forward. But you had a chance to make your team better. You pick up that phone and you damn try it. Yeah, who's the – I just want to ask you before I get off of here, who is the guy, like if there's any trade that needs to be made, who is the guy that you would like to see Jerry Jones go get? Uh, Is it Al, Al – is, is it Shire? I can't pronounce his name now. It's kind of slipping my name. But the linebacker Shire from – um. From Titans, Tennessee. So I, I'm a big fan, yeah. bro. I'm a huge fan. Now I get yeah. that, you know, Bell and and we got we got Clark and Bell's playing fantastic ball. Uh, you got Clark and you just got Evans, but uh, man, I think he could be him with Bell. I think would be stupid, crazy, stupid, crazy athleticism and pop and just that the whole the whole mentality of that that linebacker room changes if you bring him in there with a guy like Bell. Uh, so that's kind of more of a realistic name. I mean, there's other names that's just not, not going to happen, right? Like a Jeffrey Simmons, Devontae Adams, Derrick Henry. Like, I don't think these guys are, are going to happen. But so I'm thinking, like, realistically, right? Um, and this is a fun conversation. We could have did a whole show on it. I was in the Illuminati chat yesterday, and I was like, Shire is one of them. Um, I know this ain't a big name. It's a big name, but it ain't a big deal to most people. Zach Ertz, right? Zach Ertz, I think, can 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 help that tight end two spot. And I said this, I said, if we're not going to go get a Derrick Henry, if we're not going to block better up front, if we're not going to have a better run game scheme or plan up front, then lean into these weapons. Cause you're going to be throwing the ball, right? So get me more weapons. You can say, well, Sky, you got enough. Yeah. That you, Fine. We got enough more. 
know what I'm saying? More. Yeah, that's, that's because if you're going to throw the ball and you ain't going to run it a bunch, then, then go get me a tight end, too, that can be a pass-catching uh, option, right? So now you got Zach Ertz and now you got uh, uh, Jake Ferguson. So when, you go, when I go in 12, Zach can be more of a threat than a Luke Schoolmaker. If you're going to throw the ball more, and we see what's happening with with uh, C.D. Lamb on a boundary, on a Renfro. Right, a guy that you can throw in the slot. Now I can put CD out there at the X a little bit more. Now you, we talked about this before. Now you got to make a decision. I got CD on one side. I got Cooks on the other side. You as a safety have to make a decision that opens up the middle of the field. Some could say just throw Turpin out there to be the slot. That's fine, whatever. But I'm just thinking about if we're not going to load up on a running back like a Derrick Henry, and we're not going to block better or scheme better from an offensive uh, from a game plan standpoint, and I'm looking at an offensive trade. Obviously, it's another weapon. Jerry Judy was another guy guys talked about. But we got the weapons. I ain't going to lie to you, J-Jack. But I'm just saying, if I'm looking at a realistic guy, I don't think Hunter Renfro throws off your entire plan. And I don't think a guy like Zach Ertz throws off your entire plan. And that's that's just yeah, throwing names out there. It's, 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 just, it's just weird, though, with, like, you know, you're trying to develop schoolmaker or whatever. I understand that. But it's like you got a young guy learning from other young guys. Like, there's no – veteran presence at the tight end position like is i just don't understand that aspect of it and as far as like the uh, tony pollard usage it's not like this guy's new to the team he's been on the team his whole career all right like how you you not know how to use a dude you had here for four years (laughs) like you used him to a point where you've seen something from him to franchise tagging i like why not i don't understand it bro but you know what I mean, I like what you're doing. Keep doing your thing, my boy. I'm going to get with you. All right, bro. Appreciate you, man. All right. I see some names flying around here. I, I didn't know uh, old boy went on IR. Zach Ertz. Um, I like Sutton. I like I like Sutton to be that bigger body wide receiver. You know, Gallup hasn't necessarily been the jump ball contested guy uh, in regards to efficiency this year. I think Sutton could be, maybe. I love that name, said or uh, Iceberg Slim. I wanted to keep said over Gallup. You know, I I, I feel about said, and he already he already has the experience with the quarterback. I think said Wilson would be a would be awesome. Yeah. But but yeah, let me let me just reiterate here. I, I'm not saying you have to go get another weapon. What I'm saying is, if if you're not going to fortify the run game in any manner. Right, meaning going out and get a Derrick Henry type, and it's probably only two of those that might be available, or you're not going to block better from a run game standpoint or plan better. And you say, Well, Scott, we need to get something on offense, and then yeah, it's a weapon. Offensive line, people are saying get an offensive lineman. I just, how many teams are trading quality offensive linemen? It's really hard to get an offensive lineman out here. But for me, the realistic part, I would love to get, uh, saying it right Aziz I believe it's Aziz Al-Shair yeah I mean I, yeah Slim I'd I love to get said said is perfect Mel said would I would you do a two and a three for, for Tay yes but according to I haven't looked into it but everybody is saying it would it would almost cripple the Raiders I, I'm, I'm hearing now you could make a trade for anybody right you could trade away and just deal with the dead money but I'm hearing it's more so an off-season thing 
I don't know what that looks like for the Raiders, but yeah. Damn, Skippy. Now, I'm going to try. Me, I'm going to try to finesse some, some more back in return. I know it's Tay, but come on, man. That would be that would be unbelievable. As long as I can get Gallup in that deal, oh, that'd be unbelievable. Joseph Randall is wild. CJ, what's good, man? Long time. What's going on, Scott? How you living, man? I'm doing, I'm doing very well, brother. That's good, man. Hey, man, I've been listening to you for three years, and I just want to say thank you for everything that you do, man. Thank you. Make you look at the game a whole lot different now, man. I appreciate you, Scott. Hey, that that is the the best thing I can hear from from you guys, because that that really is my mission. Because we've all been trained to look at it a certain way. Because let's be real, we all watched watch national media. That's all we had. But now, you know, with with content creation, I try to be responsible. <clears throat> excuse me, responsible with my voice as much as I can. And uh, to hear that, man, that's that's love. Appreciate you, CJ. And I appreciate you, man. But um, I wanted to call and say, this past weekend, I feel like we we got busy in the middle of the field a lot more. Did, did you notice that? Yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we got we really got busy in the middle um, against the Chargers, but it, we emphasized it some more. We didn't have as many completions in the middle, but we still had a lot of route concepts going there, and I appreciate that. Yeah, because I, I remember you saying it during the all season, and uh, at the beginning of the, beginning of the season, a couple games that we, we wasn't attacking the field as much as we should have been. But I definitely seen it this past weekend. And um, another thing, uh, when it, one thing you have taught me is when it comes to that mental side coming off of an injury. And I'm looking at Tony Pollard and 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 Terrence Steele. Do you think that mental part is really messing with them? Because they can't really dig that that foot in the ground as much. I don't know about I don't know about TP necessarily because I. I mean, it's weird with him because he's still, I think, five out of the seven games or six out of the seven games, he has a breakaway run in the sense of 15-plus yards on the season. So in the past game, he's got three, he got a 100-yard game in three of the games this year. So he's still productive when he's used the right way. So I'm, I'm, I'm not out on the fact that I get he had the injury, but I don't think the injury is what's, is what's making his production is what it is right now. For Terrence, you could I won't fight you at all if 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 we say the injury is affecting him. It, it may it may be. But when I watched him, at least in this game, he was extremely sloppy from a technique standpoint and missing with his hands and just getting whooped. When he when he was good with his hands and when he wasn't bending over his body, he may he had quality reps. So I don't think it's far fetched to say these injuries might be in their heads, but I see it more from a from a steel standpoint than a Pollard standpoint. I've seen Pollard you know, take one outside and get 26 yards or get up the middle, make somebody miss and get 20 yards, right? I haven't seen still yeah. just totally dominate an entire game yet. Because that uh, that one pass that that gave uh, Tony Pollard in the middle of the field, he had a nice run. I feel like he would have scored last year, but he I feel like him running up the A gap is really taking a toll on him. He probably was tired and he would have got that, t- that So TV. you you didn't hear his explanation? No. Yeah. He he didn't know bro was there. So he started to coast. He said if I'd known he was there, oh. I would have just kept going to the left and, and you know and, and I'd have just scored. 
I thought the same thing. I was like, you know what? He was he in that play. He had blocked. Um, who was it? I think he blocked uh, Khalil Mack. So he was helping with Khalil Mack in the line of scrimmage. Then he, you know, get, gets loose, breaks the tackle. I'm thinking, ah, oh, yeah, he probably got tired. But then he's like, nah, I didn't see him. You know, if I'd have saw him, I'd have just kept running left. So, uh, yeah, and it was right, a, it's that, the that, longest. That clear it up. It's the longest reception for a running back on the season, too. By the way, so you know. Okay. All right. I appreciate you, Scott, man. Thank you for everything again, man. You take it easy, bro. Man, good stuff, CJ. Appreciate the big dog. CJ used to, when we used to be on Facebook, we ain't on Facebook as much no more. CJ always on Facebook, making sure I'm right. Appreciate you, man. Jay Lombardi, why are you dropping all these names, man? All right, let's get not familiar with these two. Let's see what happens. 209 and 203. What's good, 209? What's good, Scott? How are you, bro, bro? I'm good, brother. Last time I spoke to you was uh, just before the season started on Vach's show. Everybody, uncle is my name. So uh, we talked about the Giant game, and the one dude was like uh, talking about uh, special plays, and we were talking about talent beat scheme. I forget what, what the conversation was. But I do have a couple of comments to make about, about what we've been talking about. A lot of people are forgetting that we changed offensive line coaches, bro. And in a lot of ways, that has a lot to do with it. We're doing way, way more pulling. We're doing a whole lot less dueling, if you notice. And I do watch the All-22. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think it's just a matter of, number one, we don't have a continuity. And playing offensive line in high school, I can tell you continuity is a huge part of the success of a line in the running game. Very true. So because of the lack of the running game, the play-action game hasn't been what it's supposed to be. And so you see struggles. Now, here's the other part of this. Can I push back on you real quick before you get to the other part? Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. So – I'm not going to be naive and act like if, if if you're running the ball really well, it doesn't help in play action a little bit. But what I will say is you don't necessarily have to be killing it on the ground for play action to work. Which what, what you need to be able to I do is, is show a deliberate uh attempt to run or uh, or show or show a formation that may look like a run. When we doing play action out of shotgun, that shit ain't gonna work. But if you get under center, right, and you're doing play action, it's not always play action boots where you can let a free guy rush. That's just stupid to me when you do it all game. What happens is you get a sack like you saw in the first possession. Then you have issues, but if you if I always say go watch how the go watch how the uh, Vikings run play action. If the Cowboys did it in that manner, it'd be money all the time. And, and we we had some we did well in play action in this game, but I just say it's about how you do it. You know, play action out of shotgun, bro, is not is not going to work. Play action under center, or maybe you get some pre snap motion where it looks like a run, that might work. But RPO, yeah, that's tough if you ain't going to run. But anyway, I digress. No, that, that's a great point, and that's that's kind of the difference to me and when I watched this year as opposed to the previous years with um, the previous line coach is that these guys, it's like I said, the old school way of coaching a line is through continuity. This guy is really old school, and he doesn't have the continuity to feel like um, they can put in the sets they want to put in. The other thing I wanted to talk about, though, 
was that Mike McCarthy is also an old school coach. And the fact that they really haven't played their division um, foes in terms of the top teams that they're going to be competing with in the division with is Mike McCarthy hasn't shown anything. Every week he's showing more and more, but the bottom line is he's not going to show the plays that he wants these teams to have unscouted looks on. So, like, we barely had any of the Turpin plays that we saw in preseason in training camp. Turpin's package has been very small because they're, they're, they're going to unpack it during these next set of games. That's why he talks about trimesters. The first trimester was getting that short game going, getting Dak used to that type of shit. And you can see coming out of Dubai, we started going uh, a little deeper. We started hitting more of those end cuts. So to me, I just think they're running this plan that says, as we go forward, we unfold more. That's the reason they held out Tyron Smith. You're absolutely right. Yeah, save him for the beast defensive lines. Right? He'll be playing every Washington game. Hopefully, he'll be playing. They're going to get him prepared. Like if it's a bit, if it's a question of, ah, he could go, but another week will help him before we play the the Commanders. That's what they're going to do. I think you got to move forward as if he's not there. I just you just have to because I don't want what happened against the Cardinals, right? Where Tyron's out. It wasn't just Tyron, but uh, Tyron's out Friday. Now in the last minute, now we're switching up our game plan. What I appreciate about McCarthy in this game, excuse me, is that he, when Tyron was out before, if you go watch how we ran, we weren't really doing a lot of things on the edges. In this game, I think we ran outside at least four times. And look, I know that ain't a whole lot, but baby steps, right? You talk about baby steps. And you saw Chuma kind of get to the second level on the edge. He weren't really allowing Chuma to get up there because he ain't Tyron, right? But you can't you can't nerf your playbook with Tyron out. So you got to move forward like he's not here. You got to pretend Tyron's never going to be available, so that Chuma and Awesome or Tyler or whoever is taking his place, you can continue to open up that playbook a little bit more. Um, we did see the Turpin stuff early in the season, right? We, we hell the first couple of weeks, we had a Turpin package in that open a little week, bit open week. No, a lot of it. A little bit. We, no, no, we saw a lot of bit of Turpin. Like Turpin got like twenty one. He was. I was looking at a snap count. Turpin was involved a whole lot until that Chargers game. Yeah, so Turpin had 21 snaps, 16, and 11 snaps. Other games, 2, 2, and 2. So we was using Turpin. I was just counting the touches. I mean, you know. But just just having them out there makes teams have to pay attention to it, right? So I agree. And then we have to have that on the field. And then out of nowhere, we stopped doing that. We stopped doing motion. We We stopped doing the things that were working. We stopped attacking the edges. I think it took getting your ass whooped by the Niners. I think it took C.D. Lamb opening up, talking to Mike McCarthy, right? And I think it took Mike McCarthy going into the mirror and saying, okay, we, we need to do some things differently. You, when you're seven or eight games into a season, you shouldn't be talking about, oh, yeah, man, we're still implementing this or we're still, we're still adding this. Nah, bro. You, 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 should be, you should actually be perfecting the things that are working. We shouldn't be getting to week nine talking about some – all right, now now it's time to open up the playbook. So I would say he was kind of pushing to a but corner. That's, that to goes work. with the offensive continuity, though. That's where I mean by the line continuity. So well, the line's a different discussion. The line is different. I, yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll bring that back to the line in a second. But but Mike, I think, was pushing to a corner where he knew I had to be better here. And he said it. How many times did he come out of some of these games and say, I got to be better in how I'm calling this, and I will be? I agree. 
Thanks for your time, little brother. I like um, the sediment, uh, a sediment that's been spoken about you and Vodge and all you great content creators that, you know, old school guys, we never had that. We're mainstream our whole lives, man. It's I was. You guys to do I was too. And all of this <laughs> stuff. We appreciate it. I was we too, really, 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 really appreciate it. Thank you, man. You know, God bless. Enjoy your day. You as well. Yeah, I, I came up. I came up on the on the on the on the major networks religiously. Wake up, Mike and Mike, and, and all the sports center anchors. Like I, I don't know if I told the story. One of my inspirations to this the sports media situation was Stuart Scott. Rest in peace. Saw Stuart Scott, somebody like me on ESPN with his flavor. I was like, oh look, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna be a professional athlete. I want to talk about sports. How do I do that? And that sent me down a whole rabbit hole and man when he when when he passed, that was rough. I wanted to go to North Carolina and everything. Well Michael Jordan helped with that but but Stuart went to North Carolina too. 203 you got for us man hey what's up sky man been watching you a long time bro uh doing pretty good um i wanted to respond first to one of the calls you had uh uh earlier talking about uh cd is not a number one and all stuff like that um uh, we have a guy uh he, he was putting in a, uh, another cowboy content creator Dak attack i don't know if you know this guy but he's been he's been killing them so he's been doing the dirty for you all that y'all don't want to touch you know, if you ain't watched him, check him out. You know, he'd be, he'd be killing that three-letter, four-letter networks and putting them on blast with facts, you know, because a lot of people got a lot of, you know, they, don't have, they talk a lot of no facts, but he, he's killing them right now. But anyway, um, yeah, man, uh, I, I think uh, what I'm disappointed with, with the team is, man, what I'm saying that we we um, we've seen a lot of stuff that go on in camp, man. I, I just want to know uh, all the plays we had, all these different stuff we was doing. What happened to everything, man? I, you know, maybe you can answer that. I'm like, what happened? You know, they're not using nothing. <laughs> well, I, I I I don't I don't know why it, it stopped. We saw some of it, like I said, to open the season, and then it just it stopped. And I kind of put my tinfoil hat on and wondered if maybe somebody from up top said slow some of this thing down. But it was it's it's been yeah. nice to see them come out the buy and flip it. You know, I mean let me pull this up real quick. And what I mean by flip it, I mean we were a stagnant team. We didn't run a lot of ass snap motion yeah. and then you go look at the Rams game and boom, we do it eighteen times. So if if they can build on that, I think we'll be good to go from a pass game standpoint. I'm I'm not we gotta see something from the run game, but the pass game, I mean Dak is in sync right now. He's in the rhythm. Yeah, he is, man. That's why I was saying. Also, oh, like some of this stuff is politics because a lot of people don't know. Uh, another uh, guy, what, what show is that? I think it's the Cowboy, uh, uh, the, the original show. Uh, one of the players, I can't remember his name, he, uh, ex-player. He was talking about how politics play a part in some of the stuff, like even with CD and all that. He said they will slow you down, not pay you a certain amount of money. So, yeah, it probably was him. I think it was him. He was talking about they will slow you down. Uh, not not to pay you a certain amount of money at the end of the year. He was talking about this stuff. He put it out. I was shocked. I was like, wow, he's really putting that out. <laughs> he was putting he was putting it out. He's like, yeah, yeah, they will do that. They will slow you down. So I was like, maybe that will happen to CD and Turpin. You no, know, I know Turpin ain't getting paid that much. So 
certain they'll limit your play just so they won't have to pay you this bag, you know. And I was like, wow, you know, they really doing well, that. When, like, when your owner, when your owner comes out and says. No, I don't think CeeDee Lamb needs to get more targets. It, it makes you think, are you saying that because he's in a contract year, right? Like, it, it, I, I hate to put that tip before you had on, but why would you go on the radio and say my best receiver, who was a top 10 receiver in this league, who's a stud, a beast, doesn't need more targets yep. than four? That's that's crazy to me. That's insane, man. I think he can. I think he can really do it. The same thing AJ Brown doing. I think TD can do the same thing. This man, a lot of people know this stat. This, like I was telling you about the dude, Dak attack brought out. This man has zero drops. The highest percentage in, uh, as far as no drops CD this year. You know, we gotta get that man his. Yeah, his he's flowers, um, man, and he also. I believe he's number one in the yeah, league in um, success rate when you target him. So. Yes. Yeah. And catches catch percentage. Which is the tight ends usually have the highest catch mm-hmm. percentage because you know they're his catch percentage he's up there with ins- the tight ends. And his catch, catch percentage insane. You don't you don't see dudes have plus eighty catch percentage at wide receiver. That don't even make sense. Like it shouldn't happen. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow, man. Wow, wow. So yeah, they need to get off. They need to get off CD, man. That man, he's he's doing his thing. I'm not happy for, but yo, good show, man. I just want to you know put those things out there, man. Just question about my main question was. You answered already about, you know, we did a lot of different things during camp, man, and tricks and all this, using everybody. We had all these plays we ain't never heard of, catching balls. I'm thinking like, hey, you know, the Chiefs are, oh, we good, you know. Uh, and now it's just like, uh, you know, Dak is on fire now. I just I just hope this rolls over to uh, this week. I know Dak, Dak owned the Eagles, man. I hate the Eagles. So I'm be watching. I'm going to that game. So, you know, I'm in PA, so. Uh, hey. <laughs> wish me luck. <laughs> be, be be safe, man. I couldn't do it. Yeah, you know, I, I just couldn't do it. I, the way I, I just fan way too too passionately, and them Eagle fans, man, they they're they're absolutely nuts. Yeah, they are, man. I'll, I'll be careful out there, man. Appreciate yeah, it, Scott. Good show, yes, man. Yes, sir. Hold it down. Salute. I did a show at uh. Dang, AJ Jack, you in the chat? What, what's the what's the Philly? I think it's called the Eagle's Nest. Not Uptown. It's a little bit past Uptown. You get to Susquehanna. Mr. G's? They still got Mr. G's? I'd be shocked if they don't. Uh, I did a show at Mr. G's when I had my first down podcast. This was before I I did, you know, I, I signed A to Z. Before I even really was was super on YouTube. For real, I was basically on Facebook. And uh, it, was, it was at an Eagle's bar in, in PA, right? And one of my my good friends, Cam, Cowboy or Eagle fan, he was one of the co-hosts on the podcast. So I said, all right, let's do it at the Eagles bar. It was a playoff game. And this game, look, Cowboys ain't playing, so I'm kind of a plant. They don't know. I ain't got no Cowboys gear or nothing like that. I'm just chilling, you know, just kicking back. He's playing the Seattle Seahawks. And old boy got hurt. He wasn't playing that great anyway. But Carson Wentz got hurt, and you just felt the air come out of the building the, the whole building just was like oh no, oh no and i'm just saying i'm not sharing injuries right i'm not laughing at carson wentz but i'm just sitting back here just kind of smiling at everybody just just hurting right i hate philly so i hope carson wentz gets better i hope he come back into the game but i hate y'all and he did and they proceeded to go out there and lay an egg and lose and after every playoff 
I'm, I'm just hyped like it's my squad now, right? Oh, they hated me. The looks I was getting, you know, people was getting drunk. Oh, I, I thought we was going to be squabbling up in there. And that was at Mr. G's. I, I thought, yeah, they squabbling out there now. Yeah. <laughs> was that Mr. G's? You know? But, um, only reason why I got a little grace was because I did the podcast earlier. It was giving away some stuff and having fun with the fans, but boy, they hated me. Won't be going to no game, no. But if you are going, hold it down out there, man. Jay Jack said, Cowboy fans in PA got it rough, man. Yeah, we got it. We got it rough, bro. It de- definitely if you either in Philly or close to Philly. These fans are heathens. Sully says, is that the joint to cook all the food outside? Nah. Nope. Uh, I think they might have a they might have something outside patio, but but it's 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 inside. It's been out, it's been there for years. It's been there for years. Man, I wish y'all could see the looks I was getting. I wish I recorded that. We recorded the podcast. I wish I recorded everything that was happening after the podcast. Oh, I felt so good to be in. I ain't never went back to Mr. G. That was the one and only time I ever went to Mr. G's. Because when you go in there, it's all eagle. It feel like you in Philly with a bunch of eagle stuff. I hate them. Oh, in full effect, Malcolm. In full effect. And I can be very petty. I mean, you guys know that. I can be very, very petty. Uh, one more story. In college, this is when this is when Pittsburgh was really good and, and all that. Going to the Super Bowls and AFC Championship games. Me and my boy Chi. Shout out to Chi. He from Philly. So they they're in a they're in the Super Bowl, and we went to a Super Bowl party. He Eagle fan, I'm a Cowboy fan. We weren't in the Super Bowl, but we decided to wear red for the Cardinals, and the Cardinals almost won that game. But I was doing the same thing. Now, Steeler fans ain't as bad as Eagle fans in that sense. So I was I was definitely lit. But I got the they got a terrible towel. I got a red towel. They got yellow one. We had red on. Because I hated Pittsburgh. Not as much as I hated Philly. But I hated them at that time. Because if you go to school near there, and Jay Jack can account for this, the Mienzers, they crazy too. They crazy too. All right. Let's get some super chats. Story time is over. I knew, I knew somebody was going to say something about that. Shouts out to you, Shaq. Hey, Shaq, damn. What y'all going to do at quarterback, man? Sha- Shaq's a Viking fan, by the way. I hate that for you, bro. And I know you're not a big Kirk Cousins fan, but Kirk was playing some good ball. At the end of the day, you know, you're going to be a competitive team with him. You, you can't like that, right? Like, you can't like seeing Kirk go down. I hate that for you, bro. I, I was doing some super chats in the middle, so... Let me try to get the ones before. Oh, y'all, y'all sending them a day. Okay. All right. Let me jump around a little bit. Almost pressed the wrong button. Super chat. Adam Banks dropped two earlier and said, Sky, what about bringing back said Wilson? I like said Wilson. I'll be all for it. Super chat. I know you dropped it today. Princess says, Sky, stop acting like you're not a film guru. Need film class. I'm I'm not, I promise you I'm not. I'm still learning, Princess, but I appreciate the kind words. Super chat. 
Uh, I got that one, Marcus. Got that one. Ryan and Greg and Laurel. B-Bird dropped two and said, Cowboys, please don't give up on the screenplays. Facts, B-Bird. Facts. We, we've been, man, we've been so good with it. Um, I like to spam the screens. You remember Brian West? I hate to bring it up. I'm bringing up the Eagles because of, of Andy Reid. But you remember Brian Westbrook? Andy Reid ain't stopped running no damn screens with Brian Westbrook. Like, Brian Westbrook caught so many damn screen passes. I mean, he went to, Andy Reid went to Kansas City and, and brought the screen game over there, too. I'm with you, man. Don't don't stop the screen game. In fact, how about we add on to it? How about we get the tight end screen going again? I hadn't seen that this year quite yet. I hadn't seen that this year. Years past, we would see Dalton Schultz catch a tight end screen, Blake Jarwin catch a tight end screen. We talk about how this past game is, is starting to open up from a concept standpoint. And it might even just be open. It might be going back to what it was doing previous years. But it's opening up from a concept standpoint. Let's add on to it. Let's put some sauce on that thing. I agree, Rolo. And at this point, he said I love him with Pollard and Ferg. At this point, man, let's throw, uh, let's throw Rico in there. I like how Rico run these screens. Let's give Turpin one of them things. We ain't seen Turpin back in the backfield since earlier in the week, earlier in the year, I mean. See a little bit more of that. Indeed, Mel. Ferg got that yak. Ferg can get that yak. I'm it's to the point now, man, where when, when he catched the rock, like Ferg running a little angry. But he got some wiggle. But he's running, he's running with some anger behind that. And and cornerbacks ain't gonna want to tackle him. At the end of the day, he's still 6'5, 250. So they not they don't want to you don't want to you 6'5, 250. I'm 5'10, a buck 95, right? Like physics. And if you're running hard, it's gonna hurt. So we're trying to ankle tackle him. And if you're a linebacker, you ain't got as much wiggle as him. I, I agree, Link. Ferg just getting started. <laughs> Somebody said. <laughs> Brother L. At Shaq, Alexa, play, keep your head up. <laughs> Come on. Dog. Yeah, that's, man, that's rough, bro. It, it, Kurt was balling, too. He was having a good year. So Michelle told you, yeah, she she used to be, a, used to be, using the word, a Steeler fan. Because of her family. Her dad's a Steeler fan. She's a Cowboy fan now. Let me just leave it at that. All right. Uh, Aaron says, Scott, who you guard? Or who's guarding AJ and Julio? Damn, Nashawn. Tune in tomorrow. We should be back popping with the Koye Wednesdays. Uh, we'll be breaking down. And, yeah, we're jumping right into the Eagles offense. R- right away. Both matchups are heavyweight matchups, but we jump right into that. We'll talk about it. Um, we'll see what happens here in the next number of hours. But I've, I've got a theory. I got a theory. I was ta- I've been talking to Foots about it. Um, Julio, I mean, I'll wait. I'll wait because he did get into the red zone and got that catch, but and he's he's getting integrated. So we'll, we'll go look at some more film with Julio. We'll go uh, look at their tendencies and things like that, and we'll be talking about it. Me and Akoya will be breaking down the film tomorrow, breaking down this Eagles matchup. It's time. We've done tape Tuesday. It's time to turn the page to this matchup, a big game. For a number of reasons. Um, 
yeah, it's not playoffs. Yeah, it's not do or die or anything like that. But and you can't go into this thing thinking that it's not. It is. And that doesn't mean that you change up everything you're doing in preparation for it. But but this is one of them ones where if you get the dub, again, I said this before with the Niners, it does something for you internally uh, for the Niners because they was monkeys on the back, right? But this does something for you because you, you just haven't beat that type of quality opponent in a little bit. Let's just be real. You're one of the few teams that haven't that doesn't have that on their resume just yet. So go ahead and get that out the way. Get right back into this division race. Get right back into this conference race to get to get a bye or what have you. You're playing for that. Big game. There's no there's just no getting around it. Okay? Let's not act like it ain't. So we'll be here tomorrow. Breaking it all down. Looking for my button. And there she is. Push the goddamn button. Push the goddamn button. Hell yeah, it is, brother. Keep your eyes on the clock. Ooh, Adams had a meeting with the Raiders. Latest report. Keep your eyes on the clock. 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. I believe 1 p.m. Pacific. The trade deadline. Will the Cowboys get active? I hope so.